going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Take Three Podcast. My name is Brennan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. And in today's episode, we're going to be wrapping up uh, week three in the NFL. It's obviously Tuesday afternoon. We just got off a uh, Monday night game, a little letdown. Cowboys kind of came out and started their dominance. But, I mean, we saw some kind of crazy things throughout the weekend. We saw the Buffalo Bills kind of jump all over uh, Washington's defense. Third straight week in a row, they've looked like dog shit on the defensive side of the ball. We saw Matt Stafford and the Rams kind of assert themselves as – uh, you people could say the NFC favorite. They kind of really put it on Tom Brady and the Bucks. Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. Uh, the Ravens escape in the uh, last seconds. Typical kind of Detroit thing. Before we really get into what we have on the slate, um, yeah, how are you feeling on Tuesday afternoon after Week Three in the NFL? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good Sunday bet wise and picking the spreads is getting uh, more clear which teams are legitimate and which teams are just kind of getting worse almost. And then, uh, yeah, pretty good Sunday, disappointing Monday as an Eagles fan, but pretty good weekend of football overall. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, first thing I'm really going to bring up on the docket, obviously we had a uh, afternoon game, at 4 o'clock game, 3 o'clock game in the uh, central time zone. Uh, the Rams-Bucks, they met up in L.A. Tom Brady's, it was crazy to even think that his first ever trip to L.A., never played a game in L.A. That's crazy to think that a man that's played in the league for 20 years has never uh, played – uh, in L.A., I guess there just happened to be a, a couple teams there now. But uh, the Rams kind of went out. They did their thing. It was really a point where um, I felt the Rams were getting control the whole day. It never really felt like Tom Brady and the Bucks were really uh, – it felt like they were there, like Tom Brady could make a run. It was 14-14, but it's like they just had no answer. Like uh, Sean McVay's offense, Matt Stafford, those guys. Cooper Cup did it again. Another two touchdowns, I believe, 96 yards, almost 100 yards on eight or nine catches. Um and the defense did their thing. Um, at, up until this point, what did you see there? Do you think uh, the Rams have kind of asserted themselves as they should be the NFC favorite over the uh, Buccaneers? Or is this just another Tom Brady loses this team in the regular season, it spins around, they meet up in the playoffs, and he just beats the brakes off of them? See, that's what makes it tough, right? Because Tom Brady losing now makes me feel better about them if they were to play again in the playoffs, just something about beating Tom Brady twice. It's almost impossible to do, but yeah, I like this Rams team a lot, man. They have the units offensively, defensively and special teams to just match up with the bucks. And they did that really well on Sunday. Um, they felt like they were in control the whole game. It never really felt like the bucks, like the bucks were in it. They weren't like getting their ass kicked or anything, but they never really felt like they had like control or like a real shot. It felt like it was a Rams game start to finish. And I'm not, terribly surprised the Rams played at home uh they got some points they were a slight dog but the Bucks are fantastic but the Rams are such a good football team it's like I don't want to say they're the NFC favorite because like I don't want to just count Tom Brady and the Bucks like I think they should probably be the favorites even though they lost but the Rams are right there uh I think they're clearly the team to beat in the NFC outside of Tampa Bay yeah, and I mean, to be honest, I'm going to play a little Jekyll and Hyde. I'm going to go with the Rams should be the uh, favorites in the NFC up to this moment. It's kind of we watched the Tampa Bay. Uh, we watched Tampa Bay. Uh, it's another week where they can't get anything out of the running backs. Five carries for 11 yards out of Ronald Jones, four of eight out of Leonard Fournette. Obviously, they're down. So, I mean, Tom Brady's going to be slinging the rock a little bit more. But uh, I'm just concerned. Their secondary's beat up. They're bringing in Richard uh, Richard Sherman to kind of uh, maybe come in there and do something. I really don't know what Richard Sherman to this point really uh, has left in the tank. So, I mean, uh, the Bucks are, I wouldn't say really concerning because obviously when you have Tom Brady, when you have the GOAT at quarterback, you're going to find ways to uh, to win games. But, I mean, 
they're kind of waiting for that uh, front seven and really that pass rush to kind of do their thing. That's really what carried them through the back stretch of last year, really got on quarterbacks. And uh, this whole time might have made that secondary look a little bit better than they ever really were after last year. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, Matt Stafford, what can I say? The guys came out to LA, he's kind of done his thing, their O-line, the scheme, it's kind of really the scheme there, but the O-line has protected him. He's only sacked once uh, on Sunday. So it's kind of like there was O-line questions going into the year. Deshaun Jackson makes an appearance with a, uh, he caught a bomb for a touchdown. Uh, they got a little bit of production out of Sony Michelle. Obviously, Daryl Henderson was out. I just like where the Rams are. They now have the quarterback. They can do everything on offense. And I think by uh, think to this point, they have the best defensive unit with Aaron Donald up front and those guys up front. And then Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. They got a lot in the secondary as well. I think up until this point, they just have everything that you would want in a team. Obviously, it's hard to beat Tom Brady twice and we have to see where that goes. But I mean, I think it's fair, at least in my perspective, to give them a slight edge. Uh, as the favorite in the NFC, I would have to say from my uh, my point of view. Yeah, and I totally buy that. I'm fine if you have the Rams as the top of the NFC, like the team to beat. It's just when you look at the Rams team, it's like, how do you attack them? Like, what's their sign of weakness? They just have such strong units all around. Uh, Daryl Henderson didn't play. It was Sony Michelle's turn, and they still got something out of the run game. It wasn't like great on the ground but it wasn't bad at all it was still good then you look at the bucks and like you said earlier the secondary is alarming so like when you look at the bucks that you know where to attack them you look at the rams i don't know really really know where to attack them and then offensively they can do everything that you want so yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to not say the rams are the team to beat i'm just gonna give the bucks a slight edge because they're the, the defending champs but those two are clearly the best teams in the nfc right now yeah, I just think they have so many weapons so on offense. I mean, this week it was they still had Robert Woods quiet week, Higby, Deshaun Jackson comes out of nowhere. So if you take away one guy, it's like they have two, three other guys they can just spread the rock to. Obviously, it's to note JPP was out and uh, Antonio Brown with COVID also did not make the trip. So, I mean, if they do somehow meet in the playoffs or for the NFC title, we would hope that those guys are back to uh, make a difference on the uh, on the rematch. Uh, another game we're going to move to, it's going to another, uh, it was an early game, it was weird to say this, but it was Chiefs Chargers noon. Uh, and the Chiefs, once again, they uh, they lost. They found a way to, uh, they, it just seems like they can't really get any, they don't have the deep balls. It seems like teams are taking away the deep plays and it's kind of making them stretch out drives, make them uncomfortable. Obviously, they started out, I think it was their first three offensive drives. It was three turnovers. I think it was two fumbles and a pick by Mahomes, which is yeah. – uh, a little concerning if you're Andy Reid, but it's uh, it's just so interesting to sit here three weeks into the season and we're looking at the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who have been in the Super Bowl the past two years. They are solo last place in the AFC West. Uh, yeah, how are we feeling about the Chiefs? It's kind of another game where this is going to be back-to-back weeks. I'll be straight up and say it. I don't care if I catch flack. Uh, Patrick Mahomes costed them the game. He threw the interception last uh, against the Ravens that shifted the momentum, and then that uh, he did another one. He just tried to do too much rolling out, lofts the ball up, and it was just uh, – it's it's throw the ball away. It's sometimes you have to just throw the rock away and not try to do too much, knowing that your defense is not a very good unit. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the Chiefs? Yeah, to the point of Patrick Mahomes, it's like <laughs> – Every time he's just made plays happen for what three seasons in a row, it, it genuinely generally turns out good for him. So I can understand why why he might have an issue just throwing it away, or like now when he's forcing his turning the turnovers, he's still doing it because it worked so well for him in the past. But so far it's not working. They started the game off with three straight turnovers and they still only lost by one possession. It's like hard for me to look at a team that's one and two, blew the last two games by turning the ball over 
and still feel good about them. But it's just because they're the Kansas City Chiefs and they get the benefit of the doubt. But now is not a good time to be one and two because that division is looking great. They they just lost a division game. Chargers are two and one. And then the Broncos and the Raiders are both three and oh. So those aren't like gimmies in the division. So they're going to have an uphill battle just to win their own division. I mean, they're still the team offensively like they still have all the weapons but Patrick Mahomes like you said he's turning the ball over and he knows he needs to be smarter because his defensive unit's not very good um they get ran all over and they haven't been able to really stop anybody when it matters the most so like it's even more important for Patrick Mahomes to go out there and not turn the ball over because obviously he can score at will and then to the Chargers they play those two safety deep defense and it's worked it worked really well against Dallas last week and it worked well against Kansas City neither of them really got big plays over the top and both offenses are known for that uh, Dallas was able to run the ball all over him and escape with a win last week. The Chiefs were not able to do that. But it's like, I don't know. I, sh- I should be lower on the Chiefs based off their play, but it's hard for me to be low on them. Even when they turned the ball over three times, they only lost by six points. Yeah, um, I'm not really – yeah, I'm not going to jump ship. I'm not going to do the complete – yeah, they're not the favorites in the AFC. Like, I think they clearly are, but they have things that they need to work on. I mean, I love the halftime adjustments that they make because the Chargers were all over them in the first half. I believe it was it was 14-3 to three at half. Uh, Justin Herbert doing his thing hell of a day. Uh, Mike Williams as well balled out. But uh, the adjustment, right, they went to the Clyde Edwards layer, the running attack, and they just kept pounding the rock, pounding the rock, and then the, it just opened up the passes underneath. I just think it's concerning when you start to see a team that now – who the past two years were so accustomed to them just exploding and just bombing it out. And to see, I mean, Sunday, their longest reception was 28 yards of Travis Kelsey. So it's not really what we're accustomed to seeing. So it's kind of like maybe have these teams, we're clearly seeing these teams have adjusted to the Chiefs style of offense with the burners to uh, not get beat and just say, hey, let's see if they'll stretch out drives. Let's see what they can do in the, uh, let's see if we can do if we keep making them rally off plays and continue to go instead of letting them bang off a three or four play drive where they just hit you with a bomb. And uh, just making them work, it seems like teams are finally, they're kind of adjusting and making the Chiefs work. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he just has to be smarter, right? You might have got away with it the past two years, but now you're seeing kind of the flip side. You're seeing what every other quarterback that uh, isn't named Patrick Mahomes when they try to do something <laughs> yeah. crazy and throws the ball up. Uh, this is what happens to normal quarterbacks. We see a quarterback in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, tries to do something stupid, and it's a pick six, and we're kind of now seeing it happen to Patrick Mahomes. They just have, yeah, their defense as well. It's a... Uh, it's concerning. They have to play smarter. I know Andy Reid's a, uh, he's a smart coach. He's not known as an adjuster, at least mid game. I mean, obviously he made great adjustments Sunday from the half, but you just got to see what they do. They got to clean a lot of things up. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, when you get into January, even if you lose by one possession, your season's over. It doesn't matter the score, right? So losing by one possession or uh, if you're getting blown out losses or losses at the end of the day, and uh, you do not want to rally them up. I will say this about the chiefs. One and two and blowing games might end up being good for them in the long run because it puts their back against the wall. They need to focus, less room for error. And then just not being able to play the your normal style of just three plays, like big plays over the top defense. Because Patrick Mahomes came into the year talking about how they need to work on the short and intermediate pass game because they really needed that in the Super Bowl. So maybe these are good examples back against the wall. You make less errors and you figure out a different way of offense for the team. It could be a good thing for them in the long run. They have all the tools still, but they definitely got to clean it up. Yeah, I think they have to find a clear-cut number two as well. They brought in uh, Josh Gordon. We don't know. Obviously, he's been in and out of the league for the past, it feels like, eight years now. Um, we'll see what he brings to the table. But yeah, I think they have to find a, a number two because if Kelsey and Hill aren't there and Hill's not beating people deep, you got to have that third guy 
that you can kind of spray the ball to and know he's going to be reliable in certain situations because teams up until this point, they're taking away the Tyreek Hill uh, explosive plays. So um, they're going to want to find another guy. Hardman really hasn't lived up to that. Demarcus Robinson, he's been butterfingers for – They're not getting it done. No. And uh, Byron Pringle, who I think they were high on, he kind of had another butterfingers moment as well. So, yeah, they got to, they have a lot of adjustments to make as a one and two team, not down on them. But uh, they have work to do. It's definitely a lot more interesting if they were to not uh, somehow have home field through the AFC playoffs. As obviously, we said they're going to make the playoffs. But – they don't have home field say they have to go to buffalo uh, the tables kind of turn when you're on the road and it'll be another side it'll be interesting to see how the chiefs adjust to that uh, adversity um moving on we got sunday night football that was a fun one it kind of well it felt like it was just going to be a beatdown. it was i want to say the packers if i remember correctly were up like 17 nothing they really controlled the game it was kind of the opposite of how i thought it was going to go I thought uh, they would come out, the uh, 49ers would come out, be able to run the rock and just kind of do what they've done the past couple matchups with the uh, Packers. They've figured them out, beat them up on the ground and uh, exposed them. But, I mean, they kind of had it right where they want them, and you can kind of they, – they take the lead, 37 seconds left, and what do we know when you give quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, if you give them uh, 20, 30 ticks, and I don't even think they had a timeout at the time. Maybe they had one timeout. Uh, they just find a way to uh, get the job done. It was crazy to watch two throws. It's crazy that they let Devontae Adams get set wide open. Like if I'm playing defense, if I'm uh, Debika Ryans, I'm probably double teaming Devontae Adams and saying, <laughs> yep. yeah, Alan Lazard, go beat me. Uh, Valdez Scantling, go beat me. Aaron Anybody Jones. other than him. Yeah, and they just let him come straight across the field for a crosser and just – it was literally two throws. It was that easy. It was effortless. Two throws, two spikes, and Mason Crosby uh, boots it in. It's just crazy. I mean, what is your uh, – what is your response to that Sunday night football game that the 49ers kind of let slip away? And you could argue that a uh, use check should have just fell at the one yard line. Yeah. I, the Niners let it slip away. And also in the first half, I don't think they played very well. They could have played much better football to start the game, but I think this is a really reassuring win for green Bay. They came out week one. It was anomaly. Uh, did not look good. Got their ass kicked. Came back week two. It was Detroit. So, you know, mm, hard to take a lot from the Detroit game. But then you go in, you're going into San Francisco Stadium. Sunday night football, a team that, yeah, you beat last year, but it wasn't the same team. They were really beat up. And then you go two years back when they played, they beat up on the Packers twice. And this was like a big – this team had like a lot of demons against the Packers. They could not get over the hump. And uh, they came in, they got it done. They had a nice lead. The lead disappeared and they hung tough in the fourth. It was very clutch, got it done. I think that was a big win for Green Bay. They should feel really good after this week. And for the 49ers, just they got things to clean up on. They didn't play good football for the full 60 minutes. Yeah, and it doesn't really get easier. The 49ers got right into, I believe, week four. They played the Seahawks at home. Um, yeah, the Seahawks – or not the Seahawks. The 49ers, they kind of they, – they've got a – obviously, every running back on their roster somehow gets hurt week by week by week. But um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Trey Sermon's the answer. He just doesn't look like he has any explosion out of that backfield. He looks like, honestly – uh, a budget version of Zeke at this point. He's very slow back there. He doesn't seem to have that NFL burst when I was watching that game on Sunday night. And as we know, uh, the 49ers offense is predicated off of getting that zone run game going and that it really opens up their motions and their play actions and it forces the defense's hand. I believe Elijah Mitchell should be back coming week four, so that'll give them a big boost. But um, yeah, they got to get that running game going again. That really kind of makes Jimmy Garoppolo's job easier. He was uh, that spike fumble thing. I don't really – that was pretty damn bad to watch. I don't <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was, but that wasn't good. 
uh, Devontae Adams did his thing, man. He showed why he's probably if uh, one of the best, if not the best in the league, falling out. And then the 49ers, it feels like every one of these like contending teams, uh, they're another team, secondary issues. Josh Norman, uh, he, he's aging. He had a bruised lung, spitting up blood. We don't know what he'll be like. Uh, they kind of need secondary as well. After Jason Barrett went down, we kind of said that in the preview leading into the season, their secondary is really relying on a fully healthy year again out of Jason Verrett, which we really over the course of his career haven't seen. And we're seeing their secondaries beat up and they kind of, yeah, they made a bad decision to kind of give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with any time left to uh, do what he does. Yeah. And then the Niners running game to the Trey Sermon point, it, Sermon's been disappointing. I thought he was going to be better. I think everybody thought he was going to be better, but maybe the, all the running back injuries are finally catching up to him at least last week. Cause like, I just thought the, uh, the zone run plus like nose Darius Smith. I thought they were going to like really eat up the Packers and they really didn't. Uh, they got it going a little bit more, but they, they did not get what I thought they were going to get from the run game on Sunday. And then to your point to the secondary. Yeah. All, a lot of these contending teams, like they're very good. Like the ones we all just talked about in the Niners, the chiefs and the bucks, but they all have issues. And then I look at the Rams and they're just got strong units all around, assuming everyone stays healthy, but it's hard not to love the Rams because the Niners and the Packers are both contenders. The Niners is another team, same division as well, that I was very high on, but like they just have, you know, secondary issues. There's like points on each team where, you know, you can attack them. And I don't feel the same way about the Rams. Yeah. Packers got Jair Alexander back there, but I don't know. Yeah. Their defense has been kind of sus. Maybe they missed it. Arius Smith that bad getting after the quarterback, but yeah, I mean the 49ers, maybe they go and look at uh, Marlon Mack. He's on the trade block. Uh, the Colts put him up there. Maybe go try to swing something cheap for him. Yeah, Trey Sermon, I just don't know. He, I guess he didn't really play enough at Ohio State either. He kind of chipped in at the, towards the playoff time that kind of really shot his stock up. So we really didn't, I don't know, we didn't get to see really long-term coverage. But up until this point, he just doesn't have that NFL level of burst that I would like out of my running back. And clearly 10 carries, 31 yards, he found his way to the end zone. But uh, Kyle Shanahan would definitely like those rushing numbers to be up and not throw the ball 40 times a game with uh, Jimmy G back there. Shout out Trey Lance too. He found his way. One rush, one yard, uh, got himself inserted in the goal line. He should be the, uh, give him a couple of weeks, but he should be the quarterback pretty soon. I would assume it's kind of working its way there. Um, Really last game on the Sunday slate that we're going to talk about. I didn't honestly, I did not watch, but it was Ravens Lions. Ravens were favored by like eight and a half points. I think it closed at like seven and a half. Uh, I was so happy with the Ravens pick on Wednesday and then Thursday comes around and 17 guys are out with COVID and they're not making the trip. And uh, to Dan Campbell, to give him a little bit of credit, uh, that team's scrappy, right? They fight, they battle. It's always uh, interesting to see them battle. But I mean, the big story of the day was the Ravens find a way. It looked like the Lions were going to steal a game from the Ravens and then somehow Lamar uh, gets him in position, not even really in position, to be honest, because 66 yards, uh, 66 yard game winning field goal. That's not really in position. But when you have Justin <laughs> Tucker, you kind of say, yeah, he's one of the better kickers that we've ever seen. Uh, go ahead and give it a rip. And what a hell of a crossbar. I think that might be the one dude where the, the ball hits the crossbar like that and explodes in because I think every other kicker, the ball bounces back. Yeah, Justin Tucker just has that special touch. He did it in uh, his whole NFL career, and he did it in his college career for UT. Something about JT's kicks, they just go in no matter what. Yeah, it was a, it was a good one. The Ravens, they didn't want to uh, – you don't want to lose to the Lions, right? You don't want to be – what did they – they end up being one and two in that uh, 
in that division after dropping a tough game week one against the Raiders. So to lose the Raiders and the Lions, that's like it's a it's a <laughs> it, it's a dagger. Um, before I really move on to the last topic of Monday night, you have any other like Sunday game that caught your eye? Anything that was really like on there? Obviously, the Broncos take care of business, but it was the Jets. Uh, the, the Raiders again, I wasn't really impressed with the Raiders. They kind of got in a sweaty with Jacoby Brissett. Not what you like to see. Uh, Carson Wentz's Colts 0-3. Maybe he had a third sprained ankle. We don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anything else on uh, Sunday's slate before we jump into the uh, disappointing Monday night game? Um, Steelers offense, I said last week, was really bad and a lot of problems. It's somehow even worse than I thought. And then a uh, shout out to the Saints, dude. Came out. They're very Jack and Hyde, man. Through three weeks, they've had two good performances, one really bad performance. But to be fair, the bad one was against three no Panthers. The Panthers look legit now. The Saints just are interesting, dude. They have a good roster. The way they game plan, Jameis doesn't throw the – I didn't think they'd be quarterbacking like this, but Jameis isn't throwing the ball a lot, but he went for 120, like 125 and two touchdowns, taking care of it. They're two and one. They're winning games, dude. They're not doing it how I thought, but they are winning games like I thought. So the Saints, two and one through three weeks, and Jameis only has two interceptions. So, like, I'll take that. Yeah, it's a uh, another week in Saints land. I'm honestly, shout out Blaine because Blaine, uh, he's a guy in a group chat with me. He said that he was riding high on the Saints going into this game. He said Dennis Allen's going to draw up some scheme on defense, confuse Mac Jones, and uh, the Saints will uh, they'll cover. And he was pretty much spot on, to be honest. Saints, once again, weird quarterback play, only 21 throws, 128 yards, managing Jameis uh, the smart way. But it worked out heavy with Alvin Kamara on the ground, 24 carries. And, uh, yeah, the defense confused Mac Jones. It was kind of the one week where uh, Mac Jones looked pretty bad, but uh, had to throw the ball 51 times. Um, definitely interesting times. And, yeah, the Steelers' offense, they're atrocious. Like, I don't even – there's no other – there, there's no other word. Like maybe call up Cam Newton. Maybe give him a call. He's a free agent. Uh, uh, do maybe something. better than Ben at this point, but man. Yeah, I mean, almost anybody is. And uh, yeah, just one more on Sunday for me is a shout out to uh, Buffalo. And they came out. They did their thing. Abused Washington's defense again. Washington's defense is a third straight week. Uh, unimpressive. And the Bills are kind of they they brushed off that Steelers loss, which was a weird one. And uh, they've now positioned themselves two and one. They're in a good spot. Um, yeah, we'll jump right into it now. Monday Night Football, the Cowboys, uh, the Eagles. It was beat Dallas week for the Eagles. They traveled down to uh, traveled down to Jerry World to play the Cowboys. Cowboys, uh, they just kind of – they controlled the game from, from the start, I'll say. They went right down the field. They got knife through butter, opening drive, touchdown, and then uh, – we kind of uh, – the Eagles, as obviously we're both Eagles fans, the Eagles kind of – they fired back real quick, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a shootout. And then we lobbed the ball up and obviously intercepted, and that was kind of just the start of things to come. It was a weird one. Dak Prescott fumbled in the end zone to make it 7-7, but, like, it felt like it wasn't a close – like, it felt like the Cowboys could have been up 21 nothing very easily, and uh, the Eagles' defense was kind of just holding it holding it down. Offense never really came around. Two carries for Miles Sanders wasn't really, I would say, honestly, the second straight week where Nick Sirianni's uh, play calling has uh, been questionable. I was, uh, and I'm impressed with Dallas, honestly. Dallas had the run game going. Zeke and uh, Tony Pollard once again. Uh, they got the weapons involved. Dak looks good. And honestly, I'm going to say that defense in Dallas, uh, uh, they're starting to look like the defensive unit that we thought Washington was going to be. Dan Quinn really has those guys. Uh, dialed up attacking the quarterback Trayvon Diggs out there making plays uh they're just forcing turnovers I think it's six or seven through three games now it's leading the NFL 
Uh, I think it's time to start putting some respect, not only on the unit, but the Cowboys kind of look like a real, they look like a real football team. They kind of look like they're back. Uh, what did you say in that Monday night game? Yeah. So to talk about Dallas first, they're legit. Uh, I always knew their offense was super lethal. Dak Prescott, all those receiving weapons. And then the question was, to me, the question going into the season was for Zeke. Uh, they're talking about him sh shedding pounds, getting back to it lighter. But I think the real thing is Tony Pollard going in and playing well consistently. So now you have a two-headed rushing attack plus that very lethal passing attack. So, like, nothing but high praise for the offense. And then, to me, the question was the defense. And I always thought – after week one, I went, mm, I don't know if they can get turnovers consistently. And then they did it against Justin Herbert in, in L.A. And then they did it again Monday night against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. And that defense is legit. Yeah, Diggs is playing really well. Micah Parsons has come in and not skipped a beat. He's been really good as a rookie in the defense. If they're getting turnovers every week, Dallas is a legitimate threat. They can win any football game. And then to the Eagles standpoint, um, I was disappointed as an Eagles fan watching that game. Even when it was seven and seven seven, it, sh it felt like it shouldn't have been seven seven. They ba Dallas basically kicked the Eagles' ass from start to finish. Um, I just don't know what I see from Jalen Hurts and Sirianni. Uh, I wasn't super high on Jalen Hurts going into the season. I definitely wasn't down on him. I just was unsure of him. I remember watching him last year. He just felt kind of like a one read run, and then I got I got kind of that energy through the game uh, yesterday. Maybe just the office wasn't clicking at all, but there was times where I just felt like it was one read and then dip and then not. He wasn't doing multiple reads. Miles Sanders only got two touches. I like the involvement of Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. I like the tight end involvement more, but man, the offense left a lot to be desired. And then that uh, interception where it was just an underthrow and he threw it inside and Rager was on the outside. That was just like that's not the kind of pass I want to see from an NFL quarterback. It just, it just looks short into the inside. It was just not reassuring at all. So like, it leaves me questioning Jalen. I was questioning him going into the season that I felt really good because week one was an ass kicking, but it was the Atlanta Falcons. So maybe that was just because of the opponent. I don't know. I just have a lot of question marks around Jalen hurts and the Eagles in general right now. Yeah, it's weird. Honestly, they're kind of a team I came into the season, no expectation for the Eagles. And I kind of wasn't surprised. I mean, they're not, everybody kind of got up in arms over a Falcons win, but at the end of the day, this team is not built to beat better football teams, right? The Dallas Cowboys are a better football team. The 49ers are a better football team. Uh, the Chiefs that they'll face next week, maybe the next four teams they face are all better football teams. So it's just kind of there. Um, I'm more concerned about Nick Sirianni's play calling than Jalen Hurts. Really, I think Sirianni really didn't set Jalen Hurts up last night to succeed. Miles Sanders, two carries, 27 yards, averaging 13 and a half on the ground. How to see how do you not uh, get the run game going more against a weaker Dallas front that's kind of beat up against the run? Uh, you, you tend to drop. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to be a 40-50 time drop back quarterback in the NFL. He's kind of you use uh, you use the run game to kind of set up your RPOs, set up your bootleg play actions, and set up uh, set up things. You got to be tricky. He's not really he doesn't have the greatest arm, but he he has the mind. So I wasn't really uh, I wasn't impressed with Nick Sirianni, especially throughout the whole week wearing the beat Dallas shirt and all this uh, pumping up the rivalry week. And then, I mean, once again, we see the injuries begin to pile up. We see uh, left guard Isaac Salmalu's out for the year. Brandon Brooks is already uh, out. Uh, we were missing Maliata last night. Left tackle. Dillard kind of held up well, to be honest. I'll give him his credit. He, probably, he played a good night. I didn't notice him really. I, was, I don't think anybody really got through on uh, him. Uh, Landon Dickerson, obviously a rookie as well. So they're kind of just starting to get beat up through uh, – three games and it's kind of that's the season it's going to be in Philadelphia there was really no big expectations in Philadelphia 
we'll see if uh, they can rebound uh, the Chiefs defense next week. Uh, you should be able to score some points, you'd hope. I mean, everybody's scoring points on that defense, but obviously you just got to see how they evolve. Yeah, I'm interested. I need to watch more Jalen Hurts football, but uh, I'm putting this one more on Nick Sirianni with his play calling. It wasn't really – I don't know how one of the – probably your best – you could argue to this point one of your best weapons on offense in Miles Sanders only gets two touches in a game that at one point was 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, it's concerning. Yeah, that I agree with entirely. The play calling has left a lot to be desired, and Miles Sanders is too damn good to get two touches in a football game. He had 27 yards out of the two touches. Like, he needs more than that, especially in a game where, like, this is almost like Jalen Hurts' rookie year. It's not, but, like, between having to sit with Carson and then COVID and all that, this is really his first go-around of everything. So, like, the team is just – there's a lot of new spots and a lot of learning everywhere, and then the vets are starting to get beat up some. And the, it seems like every year the Eagles vets get beat up by the by the time the first month of the season is over, it feels like all the vets are hurt. We're kind of going uh, towards that route again. But honestly, if I'm the Eagles, I just want to see an improved offensive and defensive game plan next week, especially offensive. I want to see Miles Sanders touch the ball more. I want to see the Titans continue to be involved and see if we can get Devontae Smith open on some of these routes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for a, for a defense or for, well, they let up 35 points. Uh, I was impressed with the defense. They just got gassed with Dallas came out and posed their will beat them up on the ground. And then back to Nick Sirianni, when you don't run the ball and extend drives and you put a gas defense back out on the field, you see what happens. But uh, yeah, through three games, Dallas, I mean, I hate to toot the horn of the Cowboys because I hate the Cowboys, but uh, they look like a legit team that could kind of be a sleeper team in the NFC if that defense keeps going and they get the two backs pumping and obviously Dak Prescott keeps doing his thing. Uh, they look like a pleasant surprise to some in the, uh, in the NFC side of things. Anything else to really wrap up uh, week three before I go over kind of the results of the spreads? Uh, for Dallas, to me, if their defense keeps improving, they're right there. They can actually, they could legitimately represent the NFC if their defense keeps improving. Yeah, that's facts. Close game against Tampa. Uh, they got a good win against the Chargers. Yeah, so we'll keep saying we'll keep watching them, see how they evolve each week. Mike McCarthy, a little weird, but uh, yeah, we will see uh, what goes on on both sides of them and the rest of the league. Um, now to flip the script over to kind of how we did picking each game, obviously, every week against the spread. Um, you had a pretty like a legendary week. I think it was like that was pretty ridiculous to go 11 and four and kind of get right back in through three weeks straight to first place. Um, yeah, but, uh, I don't even know where to go. What picks were you really, uh, impressed with? Obviously the Raiders kind of let us both down. We both thought the 49ers would do their thing. Uh, Washington really let me down Washington, uh, the chiefs. And I don't know. I thought the bears would have a little bit more explosion. I didn't think their O-line was that bad for Justin Fields to get sacked nine times. And uh, a lot of people are saying, yeah, Fields isn't the guy. Uh, Matt Nagy really isn't the guy, and their O-line is, is so bad. So maybe if I'm Justin Fields, I just want to sit out uh, <laughs> and maybe not play behind that O-line. And then Cardinals early in the day was a little shaky because they're being weird, kicking 68-yard field goals as well and letting guys return them for touchdowns. But shout out Trevor Lawrence. You know, I mean, that guy, he'll cover for you. You don't even need the Cardinals <laughs> to do anything. He'll do flea flicker interception. But, uh, yeah, great week, week by you, Uh yeah, what was the formula? Maybe I can carry it in the next week. 
Yeah, I got really lucky with the spread. It just kind of everything bounced my way this week. Uh, to the Bears' point, we didn't really talk about the Bears much, but man, do I hope they get rid of Nagy and they. I just hope they don't ruin Justin Fields because Sunday was abysmal, and that's like a nice way of putting it. But for picking the spreads, I just thought like going into the week, it was a weird one because a lot of these spreads are big, right? Minus eight, minus seven, minus seven and a half, seven, six and a half. I just thought they were given so many points, but I thought it was one of those things where like we're going to see some of the better teams show that they're legitimately better. Like the Bills against Washington, we're seeing some separation finally. Uh, the Broncos played, I think it was the Lonely Jets, so ten and a half. Browns against the really bad Bears. Panthers against that bad Texans team. We're just starting. It's just, I feel like it's getting harder for the bad teams to cover with all the points like it is a lot of points but we're just starting to see the the good teams get into more of a flow and show that they are just better football teams yeah, exactly so i mean through three weeks you were behind and now you jumped into your four four game yeah four game lead over me as you sit 22 and 23 i sit at 18 27 and then we got john at 16 and 29 rough week on his front but hey, his lock of the week was the dolphins plus four and a half uh he said lock it in flores is a better coach and uh, yeah, the Raiders kind of slept walk. So I like, uh, I liked that a lot. And then obviously Washington, I can't believe. Yeah, I guess they suck. Like, I guess they're just going to get the head smoked off of them. <laughs> I just think the Bills are that good. But to one more point, how bad are the Giants, man? They lost to Atlanta. They didn't get, they uh, lost by three. So Atlanta plus three covered. But like, man, the Giants, I thought they were going to win like six, maybe seven football games. I didn't think they were being great, but, man, they they look way worse than I thought they would look, too. In fact, some dude came in the comments during the preview, said 10 wins. I don't know now where you're dialing up the 10 wins from. If you can't really beat the Falcons, you kind of make every every team look good, right? <laughs> like the Falcons, they made the Falcons' defense look good. That's how bad they are. Like Yeah, the Eagles the- crushed the Falcons, and then we haven't looked good since. So, like, yeah, that's really telling for the Giants. Exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just another week. We're kind of, I think now, yeah, I have enough data on these teams to kind of now make some uh, better picks. To, I'm probably, probably throw a 14, what is that, 15 in a week? Like I'll probably pick every game, right? Uh, oh, next of course. Week. Of course. I'll probably dial it in. Um, yeah, that's really it. I need really uh, closing thoughts on week three. No, fun week, bad Monday. Uh, excited for next week. Keep it moving. Exactly. We just keep it rolling. Well, I mean, that's going to be a wrap for today's show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe, and comment. If you have any suggestions, please leave them in the comments or post them to us on Twitter at Take3Sports. As always, a Spotify link will be posted in the description. If you're an audio-only person, you can click that link. And uh, each episode is uh, up to date on that side of things. Uh, yeah, and as always, thank you for listening. and We will catch you on the next one.